Welcome to the RICO 12 Shares Podcast. This is an open to all addictions and afflictions sharing meeting. If you would like to record a share or a recovery prayer for RICO 12 Shares, please go to www.rico12.com forward slash shares and follow the links there or click on the link in the show notes. RICO 12 Shares is not a dumping ground for problems, nor is it a place for storytelling. RICO 12 Shares is not a place for crosstalk or contacting others. RICO 12 Shares is not a place to promote or proselytize any products, services, or specific religions. RICO 12 Shares is a place to share and hear the solution, your experience, strength, and hope. RICO 12 Shares is a short shares-only meeting closed out with a recovery prayer that is recorded by any one of our participants or audience members. The RICO 12 family of recovery services is supported by participants and listeners. To become a supporter, what we call a RICO 12 spearhead, please go to www.rico12.com forward slash support or click on the link in the show notes. It is now time to share. RICO 12 shares. Hi, my name is Joseph. I am a recovered alcoholic. I live in Jerusalem, Israel. I got sober in Los Angeles, California, um, back in 1996. I, um, I'm looking at a question that somebody had asked regarding the page 86 practice of uh, when we retire at night. <clears throat> so someone asked, um, the line that goes, um, you know, were we thinking of ourselves most of the time or were we thinking of what we could do for others, of what we could pack into the stream of life? So I take this um, to heart in, in, in my daily practice. Um, I try to act as an agent, you know, of God and my higher power. And, you know, uh, as a sort of the, everybody has an experience as they're going through the day, Right. Um, and you know, um, everybody would like a little bit of charm to come into their life, you know, or a nice, uh, you know, bonus to land on their desk. So I try and be the person that will enhance, um, the, the, the stream of life by making, you know, some of those, whether it's, you know, putting something nice on somebody's desk, um, to, you know, uh, to, to make them feel special or I am actually a photographer and I have um, a collection of pictures uh, going back 10 years that I go back and um, look into and send out to the my clients you know randomly during the during the week I really do um, you know just to their whatsapp uh, pictures of you know, six years ago you know the bar mitzvah and seeing their kid, um, or a picture that I took of you at the wedding, you know, um, and I'll just random to your email or to your WhatsApp, and um, you know, I believe will enhance your day. I also have a an app that allows me to make postcards that I send out to people, you know, that come to their physical address, and um, you know, I hope you know bring them joy, and so those kind of things. Is, you know, what it's talking about here, you know, pack into the stream of life to be not so much a player trying to get, uh, you know, more points in my, 
in my column, but to try and, you know, add to the other people's experiences. And I think that pleases God, pleases my employer. And, um, you know, uh, calls to my step, um, to, to my page 63 experience, um, my employment contract, you know, to stay close to him, stay close to him and to perform his work well. I think that, uh, that's what it's all about. And I can tell you from experience that um, I've gotten nothing. I've gotten nothing but positive, um, positive results. Okay, I wish you well in your recovery. Rico 12 shares. Hi, this is Steve, and I'm addicted to lust. And I wanted to share a quote that someone had shared in a meeting I was just in from W.H. Auden, poet, who said, We would rather be ruined than changed. We would rather die in our own dread than climb the cross of the moment and let our illusions die. I'm reminded, of course, of... of Jesus praying in the Garden of Gethsemane and, and asking God to take this cup away from him, um, but then concluding with, your will, not my will. And uh, I'm pretty early in recovery. Um, this kind of This kind of thinking has has been the most useful for me is to just come to the point of being willing to give up my will to to look for to ask for what is the will of my higher power and to follow that I'll pass Rico 12 shares. Hello, my name is Ethan. I am an addict. I am powerless over my addiction, and my life is unmanageable. I wanted to share a little bit about my experience with Step 11. I love Step 11. Um, it says here, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. I want to tell you of a practice that I have engaged in, and it's evolved over the years, but I engage in a practice that some people refer to as two-way prayer or the Oxford group, I believe, called it quiet time. And I'll just walk you through what I do. So ideally, I like to do it upon waking before I engage in anything in the day. And I must admit, sometimes I sleep in, sometimes I get lazy, sometimes life, you know, kids and stuff get in the way. But ideally, I like to do it first thing in the morning. And what I do is I've printed off some prayers. I've printed off the step three prayer. I've printed off the serenity prayer. And I've also printed off um, the, I think it's um, our father or, you know, um, the, the one that Jesus gives on the Sermon on the Mount, I call I think it's called the Our Father. Um, and I'll read uh, one, two or three of those. And then I will say a prayer from the heart. And then I will open up a specific journal. And in that journal, I'll put the date 
and I will come to God with a question. I will ask God uh, a question. Sometimes it's, hey, God, what would you have me do today? You know, as we say, praying, uh, as it says here in step 11, praying only for knowledge of his will. What would you have me do? Or there might be something vexing me in my life. How would I handle X, Y situation? Or what can I do to serve my wife, my kids, my family, whatever it might be? I ask him a question and then I calm down and I just get in contact with God. Sometimes I'll read some scripture um, to kind of get in the, in the mood, maybe a verse or two or a little bit of passage. And I'll sit there, take a deep breath and realize I'm coming into contact with my God as I understand him. And then I will write using my mind, my imagination, as though God were speaking to me through my mind. And whatever thoughts, ideas come to my mind, I write them down. And um, yeah, I, I write them down. And I don't really question what I'm writing. I don't say, oh, that doesn't make sense. I just simply write. And I start with a term of endearment. Usually it's my son or my precious child. And I write from a loving father, uh, for me, a, a, a higher power, a loving God who writes, who speaks to me through, through the pen. And I write it down. And usually I have a feeling, hey, I've, I've written enough. I kind of feel like God has, has given me his will. I then check to see, you know, that it's honest, that it's selfless, that it's pure. And I make sure that it passes that test. And then I go out and I strive to do it. And let me tell you, this has been my lifeblood for recovery as I work my maintenance steps. I have felt a power of serenity, a power of connectedness, that conscious contact with God. I have felt close to him. I have felt his power, his presence strengthen me. I have felt calmed that everything will be okay. And he's told me to do things and I've done them and fantastic things have happened. A lot of times they're very small things, but it's wonderful to have. And I can go back in previous entries and see where was I, you know, a couple months ago, what was God telling me? That has been a lifeblood, um, a foundational piece of my recovery. I'm Ethan and I'll take another 24. Thanks. Goodbye. Rico 12 shares. Hey, y'all, this is Matt, a grateful member of Essanon since December of 2021. For those of you not familiar with Essanon, its primary purpose is to help its members to recover from the effects upon them of another person's sexaholism. In my case, my wife's sexaholism. Very early on in my recovery, my sponsor shared with me what at the time was one of the most ludicrous things I could imagine a person saying. He told me he was grateful to be married to a sexaholic. The discovery of my wife's sexaholism brought with it unbearable pain, profound feelings of betrayal, despair, loneliness, hopelessness, abandonment. Why in the world would someone be grateful for that? How could someone be grateful for that? For the first few months after having discovered my wife's sexaholism, nearly every time I thought about it, it made me feel like I'd been kicked in my stomach. My face would flush, nausea would set in. And I'd experienced something similar to that feeling you sometimes get on an elevator when it comes to a stop. Hopeless despair would take over and I'd sometimes collapse to, the, collapse to the floor, rolling around, sort of convulsing, violently sobbing, constantly trying to catch my breath, bellowing and begging God to make it stop, to take the pain away, to please, 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 God, take this pain away. God, why, why, why won't you make it stop? If I had to guess why God let me go through that, one reason might have been because he knew that I needed him, but that I only knew it while I was in those helpless, hopeless moments. 
when the pain was the worst, when the despair was the deepest, when the loneliness was all-consuming and spirit fracturing, only when I was insurmountably distant from him could I feel my real need for him. Eventually, each of those emotional episodes would calm and begin to taper off. My breathing would stabilize, and I'd forget how bad it hurt just a few seconds ago. And I'd seek solace in a bottle of whiskey rather than in God's presence. I needed God, but I didn't want God. And until I needed, wanted, and accepted God as the one in control, relinquishing my right to self-will, I couldn't expect God to remove my pain. Those intense physical reactions to the trauma would subside over time, but the pain of the betrayal would not. My suffering would continue until, in desperation, I accepted that utter dependence on God was not an option, it was an imperative. My faith tradition teaches that God works through our difficulties for good, for our good, and for His glory. The difficulties we experience are a means through which God works to accomplish His will in our lives. My suffering brought me to Essanon, which brought into focus my character defects and my need to correct them, and it offered me a paradigm through which I could correct them, a paradigm through which my relationships could heal, through which communion with God, my loved ones, and my fellows might be restored. Ironically, it was the defilement of our marriage bed, the destruction of our holy union with God, that became the vehicle through which we would come to experience true love, harmony, and communion with God. I now understand what my sponsor meant when he said he was grateful to be married to a sexaholic. Without my wife's addiction, I would still be lost. Today, I love my wife and I love to love her. I'm not ashamed of her, nor am I embarrassed of her addiction. I do not regret nor wish to undo any action she took in her addiction. Today, I am not only grateful that God, grateful to God that I'm married to a sexaholic, but I'm honored that he considers me worthy enough to be married to one. God's refusal to take my pain away was a display of his love, compassion, and grace. Transformed the worst thing that ever happened to me into the best thing that ever happened to me. And I'll never be grateful enough for that. Rico 12 shares. Hello, my name is Thomas W. And I am in recovery from an addiction to lust and many associated behaviors. The 12 steps have changed my life. Before, I was always full of bravado and a lot of conflicting emotions, usually elation, then anger, sadness, frustration, and then ambition driven by egoism. Now my life has changed because of the 12 steps. My life has slowed down. I am at peace with God, my higher power. I am at peace with my brethren. I am at peace with my wife and my children. I am so grateful for the creature that I have become because of the 12 steps. A 180 degree change has taken place because of step one, two, three, four, and on. I am very grateful that the RICO 12 shares has now become into an existence, and I am looking forward to taking advantage of that. I am grateful that we can share our experiences and successes in recovery. I am also very grateful that there are so many resources available to those who are truly seeking recovery, from books, manuals, and podcasts just like this. 
and many great men and others who are willing to give support, be sponsors, and just take a moment to listen. I'm looking forward to continuing my involvement on the front lines of helping individuals find hope, peace, recovery, and healing for themselves and for those that they have caused damage to in this great work of recovery. Again, thank you for letting me share. This is Thomas. It is now time to close the RICO 12 Shares meeting. If you wish to share some of your recent experience, strength, and hope, or have insights that you've gained from other speakers or other meetings, please follow the links in the show notes to our website and submit a recorded share there. You can also become a RICO 12 spearhead and financially support these projects by clicking on the support link in the show notes. Thanks. We will now launch off into the rest of our day with a prayer. This is Heather, and I would like to share the seventh step prayer. My creator, I am now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. Amen. Keep coming back. It works when you work it. So work it. You are worth it.